Doctor Who, The Enemy of the World by David Whittaker, Episode 1. On an empty stretch of beach, the tall blue police box shape of the TARDIS materialises amidst golden sun-kissed sand dunes. The door opens and out step three people, the Doctor, Jamie and Victoria. Where are we, Doctor? We're by the seaside, that's where we are, that's all that matters. Aye, but where? Yes, Doctor, we must know. Oh, stop fussing, you two. Come on! With that, he runs down to the seashore for a paddle. Come on, you two! Now, wait a bit. See if there's any buckets and spades in the TARDIS! Buckets and spades? Is he going to dig for worms? No, he wants us to play sandcastles. Sandcastles? Yes. What is in the way out? A couple of children? The Doctor dances excitedly in the water. After a moment, he notices a hovercraft parked some way further along the curving shore. He gives a friendly wave. The middle-aged man standing beside the vehicle doesn't respond, but watching the Doctor with interest, turns and calls to a colleague. Hey, Rod! Pass me those binoculars! The hatch opens and a younger man appears. Now, oh, what's biting you? Some crazy nut dancing a jig. The binoculars afford a much clearer view of the Doctor. Hey, wait a minute. A third crew member, Curly, appears from the craft interior as Anton lowers the binoculars. Get below fast, both of you! What's the matter? Move! The Doctor, meanwhile, has stripped to his long johns and is merrily crashing about in the surf. Come on in! The water's lovely! You don't know what you're missing! Doctor! You got your death! The Doctor's capers grow more enthusiastic by the second, until he manages to stub his toe. <laughs> In the hovercraft cabin, Rod is taking a turn with the binoculars. Oh, what do you know? You're right, it is him! What are we going to do? Anton detaches a small communicator from the control panel. Adjusting the dial, he makes a call. The signal is answered by a trim blonde woman in a large, windowed office some miles away. Yes? This is Anton. Where are you? Ten miles west of Cape Herod. Now listen. Wait a minute. She pinpoints the location on a wall map. What are you doing there? What do you think we're doing? Fishing? Shouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah? Well, this time we caught a whale. He's here. Well, that's physically impossible. Oh, it's him, all right. There's no shadow of doubt about it. Oh, no, you're making a mistake. You must be. Now, listen. There are three of us here. We've all had a look. Well, if you're that definite, I'll contact Giles. No. We'll take care of this ourselves. Listen, Anton, you'll do nothing without Giles's agreement. There isn't time. Make time. You think I'm going to pass up a chance like this? You're crazy. Well, at least wait till I get there. Anton. Anton! But Anton is already breaking out three guns from the cabin locker. Giles, that's just what I said. How could it be him? It's a mistake. It must be. Yes, I know, but he was definite. He's going to kill him. I don't care. Get after them. Stop them. Giles, what can I Look, do? Look, I don't care what you do, Astrid, but stop them. 
The video phone screen goes blank. Dry again after his impromptu swim, the doctor finishes putting his clothes back on. Well, there's nothing I can dip to freshen you up. Yeah, that's a funny looking boat. Oh, it's not a boat, it's a hovercraft. Eh? It's a hovercraft. Floats on the air instead of the sea. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm too old for fairy no, tales. It's true, Jamie. A terrifying thing. It's like a sea monster. Oh, we'll soon get a closer look, it's coming nearer. Sure enough, the hovercraft, now riding high on its cushion of air, is powering directly towards them across the water. Oh, yes. Yes. A shadow of concern falls across the doctor's face as he watches. I don't think I like the look of this. Let's go. Why? What's the matter? Come on, run. And don't argue. Run. Come on. Come on. Perched on the vehicle's deck, Curly aims his gun at the threesome, who are now racing up the beach towards the sand dunes. He fires. And carries on firing as the hovercraft leaves the water and continues up the beach without slowing. Dr. Jamie and Victoria die for cover in the grassy dunes. If only we had a gun. Why did they want to harm us? Why indeed? But what now? Look, Doctor, can't we go back to the TARDIS? No, we never make it. There's not much cover here. Perhaps we've landed in a world of madmen. They're human beings, if that's what you mean, indulging their favourite pastime of trying to destroy each other. The hovercraft has stopped, and the men clamber out. Guns in hand, they survey the dunes. Time we went, come on. The three travellers sidle cautiously along behind thickets of grass and mounds of sand. By the hovercraft, Anton gestures for Curly to circle round to the right, whilst he and Rod move left. A stealthy game of cat and mouse amongst the sand dunes ensues. Suddenly, the doctor and his friends find themselves face to face with the mean features of Curly. Before he can fire his gun, however, Jamie leaps on him and lands a well-aimed punch. Bring it to her! Oh, well done! Curly is out cold. What's that? Anton and Rod look up the sound of a small helicopter coming into land. I know those markings. That's Astrid's runabout. What's she doing here? Interfering. We've got to get to him before she does. The helicopter swoops in to land close to the doctor's party. Sure enough, Astrid is at the controls. Astrid leaps from the craft and calls to them. Over here! Run! I can't! I can't! You must! It's our end chance! Hurry! Come on! The Doctor and Jamie half-drag Victoria towards the helicopter. They all bundle aboard as Anton and Rod come within firing range. The helicopter takes off again, bullets flying all around it. Two men continue to shoot as their would-be prey is carried further away into the skies over the ocean. In the cockpit, Victoria clings to Jamie for dear life. A minute time you're welcome rescue! Don't speak to me for a moment, please. Astrid is struggling with the controls. 
And what is this thing, Doctor? It's a helicopter, Jamie. Huh? A chopper. You know, a whirly bird. He says it's a bird. No, no, no. It's a, it's a primitive form of flying machine. Well, at least we're safe now, aren't we? Depends on what you mean by being safe. They've shot a hole in the fuel tank. We might blow up any minute. As the helicopter flies on, Anton and Rod are helping their dazed cohort back down the beach and into the hovercraft. Rising from the sand, the vehicle turns and speeds out across the waves. Astrid flies on, keeping an anxious eye on the helicopter's instruments. For a while, the gorillas trail the helicopter at sea level. But their hovercraft is no match for Astrid's piloting skills. Soon, Anton and his men are left behind. After a while, the helicopter leaves the ocean and heads inland. Here we go. They descend towards a small landing pad situated outside a solitary bungalow. Once safely down, the occupants disembark and make for the house. Wait, you're hurt. It's nothing. We're lucky to be still alive. Jamie, give her a hand. They help Astrid into her living room. Come along inside. <coughs> I'm now all let's right. have a look at it. You're not, and please don't argue. Now, Victoria, bring some warm water, will you? Well, where's the kitchen? Through the arch. There's a medical kit in the bathroom through there. Go and fetch it, will you, Jamie? Right. Come and sit down. Nothing, it's just a scratch. We'll see. He sits beside her and tears the sleeve of her blouse oh, yes. to reveal an open wound. Who are you? You mean you don't know? No, why should I? Well, you went to such a great deal of trouble to save us. Ah, here we are. Thank you, Jamie. Do you know how to use those things? Oh, don't worry, the doctor will fix you up just fine. Oh, you're a doctor? Well, not of any medical significance. Doctor of law? Philosophy? Which law? Whose philosophies, eh? Oh, I see. You're determined to be mysterious. Eh? Um, doctor of science? Septic spray, that should be all right. A doctor of divinity, then. You'll run out of doctors in a minute. Ah. You haven't told us your name yet. Astrid Ferrier. Ah, Miss Ferrier, this is Victoria, and this is Jamie. Well, now, this won't take a minute. Just want to clean it off. Be as gentle as I can. There we are. Who are these men? Why are they so determined to kill us? Kill you. They hate you. Me? I'm the nicest possible person. <laughs> oh, at least I should say they hate the person that they think you are. Passionately and completely. Can't we tell them they made a mistake? There wouldn't be time. They seem remarkably dedicated. They are. There. He finishes dressing the wound. Tell me, Miss Ferrier. Do you hate me? Far from it. To me, you're the most wonderful and marvellous man that's ever dropped out of the skies. <sighs> Will you do something for me? Anything. Anything at all. It'll probably cost you your life. 
Oh, but it would be worth it. Well, that's that's comforting anyway. What is it you want me to do? Let me take you to the man I work for, Giles Kent. He'll explain everything you want to know. I don't think so, Miss Ferrier. No, I'm sorry. <clears throat> With sudden conviction, the doctor stands up to leave. Uh, can we not just listen, doctor? There's no harm in that. There's a great deal of harm in it. You don't suppose Miss Ferrier saved our skins for our sakes, do you? Uh, what is it you want us for? You resemble very closely a man who's determined to be dictator of the world. A man who'll stop at nothing. A dictator? Like Napoleon? Who is he? Salamander. Salamander? I know it's surprising. Let me take you to Giles Kent. Are you not going to agree? The whir of a hover motor outside signals trouble. Anton and his friends have arrived. The back door! Hurry! It's too late! Enough! They conceal themselves as Rod, gun in hand, advances through the back door. As he passes through the archway into the living room, Astrid grabs his arm and throws him against the wall. They flee as Rod staggers to his feet. Come on! A fusillade of shots rips through the window. Rod falls to the floor dead as Anton and Curly burst in through the front door. But I... He was framed against the window. I saw him, he was trying to get out! No, come on now, they'll get away! There they are! Curly fires aimlessly through the window. If we can get up in the air above them, we can finish this. Now let's get to that helicopter! Running along the side of the house, the SKPs find refuge in a ditch, from where they watch Anton and Curly run out of the bungalow and over towards the landing strip. The helicopter. With the two men on board, the flying machine leaves the ground. It'll blow up. The petrol tank ignites. And the aircraft is consumed in a ball of fire. Astrid takes the doctor and his companions to Giles Kent's office. Incredible. Kent circles the doctor closely, staring at him in amazement. Absolutely incredible. I'm not a specimen in a gas bowl, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, do sit down. Oh, thank you. It's just so astonishing. You are Salamander. Do you see what I mean? But surely you know how alike you are after all. Salamander is a world figure. Well, uh, well my friends and I, we've, we've been out of touch uh, of civilization for a little while. We're, uh, we're visitors, so to speak. Um, on ice, shall we say. I see. Oh, where shall I start? At the beginning, please. We've been subjected to a number of attacks because I look like this Salamander of yours. I'm not surprised. Kent crosses to a large projector screen. I'll show you why. I have a video wire of Salamander addressing the United Zones Conference on and World Food. And meanwhile, over at the United Zones General Assembly, from all over the world, delegates were flocking in, eager to hear the latest report from Leader Salamander. On the screen, a swarthy, raven-haired man stands at a large dais, facing out towards an unseen audience. The progress, uh, Mr. President, of the Sun Conservation Establishment at Canona in the Australasian Zone. The Doctor and his friends are astonished at the likeness. Highly satisfactory. But we, we cannot yet guarantee good summer holidays for all. However, we have now in orbit 
the Mark 7 sun catcher. And already we have been able to concentrate the sun's rays into much needed areas. The great Canadian wheat trains are safe. And now, Mr. President, uh, Ukraine, the grain field of the planet, that unfortunate area between Poltava and Kirovograd, devastated by the elements two short years ago. What have I to say to you about that? I can tell you that on both banks of the Dnieper River, the corn is ripening in the sun. And 10,000 robot harvesters are moving down to gather in 50 million tons of flour. There to show he's a bad man. I quite agree, Victoria. He seems to be a public benefactor, quite a speaker too, and remarkably handsome. Didn't you think so, Jamie? He's one of the most popular men on the planet. Many people call him the shopkeeper of the world. The savior, in fact, some of them. Well, what's he saved the world from? Starvation. Too many people, too little food. Until Salamander invented his sun store, but surely you've heard, you must know. Oh, yes, well, of course, we've heard something. The sun store collects the rays from the sun and stores them in concentrated form. Oh, like the ionizer, Doctor. Yes, a rather different principle, I think, Jamie. Well, but... never mind how it works. What's it for? A salamander can force grow three, sometimes four crops in one summer. Oh, why do these men want to kill him? I mean, one minute you see saving the world... For his own ends. Step by step, he's taking control of this planet. You have proof of this? Some, yes. I was once a high official in World Zone Authority, deputy security leader for North Africa and Europe, but salamander discredited and ruined me. Because he realized I was beginning to get suspicious. Well, you could be making up stories about Salamander out of revenge. Yes, I suppose so. And then you can judge for yourself. A photo of a man's face appears on the screen. You remember Michael Asevsky? He was controller of the Eastern European Zone. He was drowned at sea a mile from shore. Headshots of other men flash past in succession. Okinu, murdered. All of them were seen with Salamander or a man known as his deputy, shortly before their deaths. All of them were replaced by men known to be in Salamander's power. Known by who? By me, Doctor. Well, why don't you tell the authorities that they're the police or whatever? Because I'm discredited, don't you see? Because Salamander is so popular, and also because the man that took my place, a man named Donald Bruce, has since risen to become overall security chief. Surely there's someone you can take your story to? Oh, yes. Helvig believed me, so did Isevsky, and they're dead. However, there is one other man, a man named Alexander Denish, but none of them will do anything until it's too late. I'm surprised. Well, if Salamander is everything you say he is, then why hasn't he tried to... Dispose of me? Yes. Well, he has, but he's afraid. You see, the testimony of a dead man still holds legal weight. Oh, I see. Well, it seems we have a, a problem on our hands whether to believe Mr. Kent or not. Well, there is one way you can find out for yourselves. Wow. Impersonate Salamander. Yes, I thought that's what we were leading up to. Well, I must admit, Doctor, you do look like him. Exactly like him. Yes, there's more to it than that. What about the voice? Well, it's nearly the same pitch, only the accent. Only the accent, my dear young lady. Oh, dear. Now, what was it he said? We still cannot guarantee good summer holidays for honor. Guarantee, no, no, no. Gar guarantee. You see, it's very difficult. Mm, of course, I, I always was interested in phonetics. 
holidays. Summer, summer. He must have come from Mexico, Quintana Roo, Yucatan. I That's wonder. incredible, Doctor. He was born at Merida, state capital of Yucatan. Yes, there are very strong influences, though. Oh, I could do it in time. But what if I did? What then? You could walk into Salamander's research station at Kanawa, find out how he's getting control of the separate world zones, and then bring out absolute proof. Kent answers the phone. Yes? I see. He replaces the receiver. How long did you say it would take you to master Salamander's accent? I didn't. Did it take three weeks, perhaps four? Well, while we've been talking, the security chief I told you about, Donald Bruce, has since cordoned off this entire area. He's coming here himself. Now! What? I'd say you've got about two minutes, Doctor. But that's out of the question! You know what he'll do as soon as he sees you? A man who resembles Salamander so closely? What I don't get what he does! Will you please listen! You'll be under arrest for impersonation. As soon as he sees you, I mean it! But isn't there another way out of this? Only one. Be Salamander. But the clothes! Yes! There yes. is some in here. He opens an inner door. A little less eccentric, but do the best you can. I won't! I can't! Your friends, Doctor, do you want them to suffer? Because they will, you know. No, 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 wait a minute. Why is a man like Bruce coming here? Don't push me. There isn't time. You sent for him, didn't you? You tipped him off! I couldn't miss an opportunity like this now. Please, no. come on! He bundles the Doctor into the inner office and closes the door. Jasper, heaven's sake, what have you done? It's far too risky. The outer door opens to reveal a security guard covering them all with a gun. A tall, thick-set man with glasses steps past him. Hello, Kent. He notices Jamie and Victoria. Doing some recruiting, are you? Bit young for killers, aren't they? What do you mean? All right, what do you mean by stepping in here like this? Any time, Kent. I've got the right and you know it. Any time I like. All right, what do you want? That's better, your ex-security. You know the way it's got to go. We might as well be nice and civil about it, mightn't we? He turns suddenly to face Astrid. That bungalow in Cedar District. In your name, right? Why? Well, I have to tell you, there's been an awful nasty mess out there. Someone has got himself shot in your living room. And who are you two? Jamie McCrimmon. And? Victoria Waterfield. What's the matter? Can't you speak? Don't shout at me! Oh, very good. The outraged public citizen. Do they know who I am? Yes, they do. A pity. I'd like to hear you say it. Now listen to this, all of you. One of your men was murdered in a bungalow rented to you. The remains of two others were found in what was left of a helicopter. You were in that bungalow at the time, and there were three other people with you, two youngsters and a man. Right? Now, there was another man, wasn't there? So we'll deal with that first. Where is he? Bruce indicates that the guard who, gun raised, approaches the inner door and flings it open. The figure who emerges wears a smart black roll-neck pullover, raven black hair combed neatly into a side parting. Bruce's expression is one of sheer incomprehension. Why, hello, Bruce. What are you doing here,
Enemy of the World by David Whittaker, Episode 2. Hello, Bruce. What are you doing here? I was under the impression you were in the Central European Zone, leader. That's what you were meant to believe. Why? I do not care to be questioned by my own security. But that's just it. How can I possibly maintain security when you behave like this? I'm at least entitled to know your movements. You have a policeman's mind, Bruce. That may be. Only a few days ago you questioned me about this man and his activities, and we agreed that he was dangerous. Now I find you in his office. Sometimes I like to deal with matters in my own way. <clears throat> You're not holding you here? Holding me? Under some threat or other? No one threatens Salamander. But I still think I deserve an explanation, leader. Yes, of course, you shall have it. But not now. When I return from the Central European Zone. Very well. Bruce turns to address Astrid. Now. What about the dead man found in your bungalow? He was one of your lot, wasn't he? Yes. Um, he was trying to protect me. The other two wanted to kill me. Now, why should they want to do that to a nice young girl like you? Well, I... Obviously, they thought I was there. You? Yes, Bruce, just like you. A lot of people don't like me. Don't get clever with me, Kent. I've a good mind to I am prepared to accept his story. Well, I'm not. That's interesting, but not important. I accept it. That's all that matters. It's beginning to look as if these people are working for you now. Is that right? You still dare to question me? They have information. I shall get it. I will see you on my return. Now leave me! As an unhappy Bruce turns to go, he catches Jamie's eye. McCrimmon, you said. Hi. Well, you just watch your step, that's all. With that, he leaves. The guard close on his heels. I never said a word. <sighs> Must be the way you look, Jamie. You were splendid, Doctor. Thank you. That was a dangerous game to play. It paid off. All right, are you with us? I don't know where you stand, Mr. Kent, but you and this salamander are obviously on opposite sides. That at least is clear. But which side is good? Which side is bad? And why should I interfere? Well, you're the only man who can help save the world. But isn't that what Salamander's trying to do? Don't you understand, uh, Salamander? Jamie, you're unusually quiet. What do you think? Well, to save the world, I well, it sounds grand, but... Oh, we couldn't turn our back on a challenge like this, Doctor. Well, at least I know you wouldn't. We don't know anything about these people. Bastard saved her life and just wounded because of it. Oh, but Jamie, well, she didn't... she was. Look, we're right about Salamander. It won't take you long to find out for yourselves. How do you propose we do that? He'll be well guarded for a start. We can hardly steal into his study and go through his papers. No. That bad Bruce said that he was in the Central European Zone. It's a long way from Australia. It's only two hours by rocket. You could leave almost at once. Well, what then? I've had a plan for infiltrating into Salamander's inner circle for some time. 
Well, I could adapt it for your two friends. I can arrange three travel warrants and visas. Everything you need. Just three? Well, one for Astrid, one for you, and... Uh... Victoria. Of course. Oh, that's very clever of you. How can you do that? I thought you said you had no official position. We have a contact there. He must be a very important person. He is. Dennis, controller of the zone. Oh, I see. Uh, what about me? I think we'd better have a look at Salamander's research station at Kanawa. Yes. Uh, yes, but from a safe distance, of course. A new day dawns at the Kanawa research station, a cluster of low buildings bounded by a secure perimeter fence. Inside, a thin, agitated-looking man joins Donald Bruce in an office. What is all this? I'll just give you a couple of minutes. I have a meeting. This is important, Benick. I hope so. Well? Salamander's left you in control of the research station? Yes. Did he go on the rocket for the Central European Zone? Yes. Do you see him go aboard? Hasn't been an accident, has it? Did you see the rocket take off? Do you mean, did I stand there waving my handkerchief? Hardly. I have too much to do. You're not a very funny man, Benick. Not to me. Now, answer me. Did you actually see him leave? What is all this? I've just driven straight here from having spoken to Salamander. Not 200 miles away. That's impossible. I don't lie. Even to someone like you. He was with Giles Kent. But he hates Kent. Exactly. Kent wasn't hurting him by force, was he? No, I thought of that. Salamander was a wee bit odd, I admit. Not quite his usual self, but he was perfectly in control. All he had to do was bat an eyelid, and I'd have knocked off everyone in sight. Oh, well, I don't understand it. Now, Salamander suggested that he was on his way to the Central European Zone. Now, you're in radio contact with him. I want you to talk to him. Make sure that Kent hasn't got some hold over him that we don't know about. He instructed me not to bother him until the conference was over. Well, I'm countermanding that instruction. I'm telling you, Brutes, he won't answer. Not till the conference is over. It's too important. How long will it last? How should I? They last three hours, usually. All right. That'll have to do. Let me have a report as soon as you've spoken to him. Is that clear? He heads for the door, but turns on hearing no reply. Is that clear? Yes. With Bruce gone, Benick lifts a communicator and makes a call. I want a direct channel link to leader Salamander, aerial TLXKZ. Notify me as soon as he's able to accept transmission. That's all. Benick's eyes fall upon the framed photograph of his esteemed leader, which has pride of place on his desk. Salamander's fierce dark eyes gaze back at him. Thousands of miles away on the terrace of his presidential palace in the Central European Zone, the man himself is seated at a table with two worried-looking colleagues. This is a dreadful news, Salamander. I still can't believe it. Terrible. Terrible. I don't say it will happen. I say it can happen. Your zone is in danger, Dinesh. He points at a map. Here, here and here. We've had no trouble for years in those mountains. You don't imagine I make it up? No, no, of course Those volcanoes have been dead since 16th century. Federer is right to doubt. Salamander ignores the buzzing intercom. The volcano is a strange thing, my friend. I tell you the truth. It's like a man in the hot sun, sleeping. Still, lifeless. Then, boom! 
He wakes, full of energy. I know volcanoes. Isn't there a possibility of uh, miscalculation for a few degrees? I'm never wrong. Every one of my predictions has been accurate. Yes, your record is good. I don't deny that. You are too kind. Oh, will you listen to me? Leader, the communications. I know, I know. I told you I was not to be disturbed. Yes, Leader. All right. Thuria stops in her tracks and slowly turns back to him. She is a tall, pretty black African girl dressed in a starched white tunic. Huh. Oh, wait, Faria, huh? You would like some refreshment, perhaps? Thank you. No, not for me. Are oh, you going so soon? I must consult my scientific advisors. You still don't believe me? I believe you sufficiently to want to ha have your information checked before I allow my people unnecessarily. Your scientists won't help you. They don't know. They're amateurs. No, Salamander, they are not amateurs. They are very clever men dedicated to their work, but they are men capable of human error like anybody else. Do as you wish. Captain! The guard captain appears. Sir, Controller Danish is leaving. Yes, sir. You will soon see that I'm right. He turns to Federer. Oh, you will stay, huh? Have a drink. We have a great deal to talk about, you and I. Ferrier, see to him. Federin looks puzzled as the leader follows Dinesh indoors. Suitcases beside them, Jamie and Victoria are sat on a park bench in a small public garden. Sure, this is the right one. I'm not sure of anything after that rocket. But Astrid said it was the third bench on the south walk of the Nage Gardens. Well, here it is, I can't Here we are. Astrid joins them. All arranged, salamanders and residents in the President's Palace. What's a card? That'll get you through the front gate. Find the terrace facing west. Good luck, Jamie. Yes, keep your wits about you. Right. As Jamie walks away, Astrid takes out a communicator and taps the keypad urgently. Hello. Hello, Australasian Zone. How much longer? Look, don't talk to me about sunspots. What? Well, the Central European Zone. Please don't worry about procedure. This is urgent. Connect me. The call comes through to Kent's office. That might be her now. Yes? Hello, Giles? This is me, Astrid. Right, let's have it. What's happening? Everything's gone fine so far. Speak up. We can't hear you very well. Oh, it's these spots. Oh, she's having spot trouble. Oh, yes. Right. How is the plan working so far? It's gone fine. Uh, the rocket arrived right on time in Hungary, and Jamie's got his entrance pass and has started phase one. Uh, do you think the boy can handle it? Well, I hope so. My goodness, they're a pretty odd lot, though, aren't they? Uh, well, actually, the doctor's with me right now. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, what news of Danish? We must keep him posted as to what is happening. It's all right. We've contacted and we've arranged to meet. Be careful. He's pretty well known. Oh, don't worry. We've, uh, well, we, I suggested that we meet under a disused jetty by the river. Disused jetty? No, 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 no. Jetty, jetty. Uh, anything else to tell us? No. If the plan goes through, I'll try and contact you again. Right. Goodbye. Good luck. Uh, good luck, Astrid. Jamie and Victoria will look after you. Astrid, are you there? Well, she's gone. And I'm not surprised after that last remark. Well, I'm sorry. Back on the terrace, Faria pours a drink and hands it to the nervous Federin. Why don't you sit down? No. Why not? 
I have never sat out here. Sure, the man that won't mind. I would never sit down here. If you don't like him, why do you work for him? He has a way of persuading people. Yes, I could imagine that. Brujo. What? The girl shakes her head. It's not important. If only I knew what he wanted to talk to me about. Would you know? Salamander talks to many people. Some only once. Well, I shall know soon enough, I suppose. What exactly do you do here? I serve. Yes, but you're obviously not an ordinary servant. No, I'm not. What then? Would you like some more refreshments? I'll uh, get it myself. As he pours another drink, Faria allows herself a private smile. Oh, that's good. Is it? I'm very glad to hear that. What? I am Salamander's food taster. Does he need one? There have been many attempts to poison him. Yeah, dangerous job. Mm. That's why it's very nice to have help for a change. You mean... You mean you haven't... No, I didn't have time. Still tastes good, nothing bitter. <laughs> No, I, I don't think so. <coughs> you would know by now, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, you, you had me worried for a moment. But what on earth made you take a job as a food taster? She was hungry. Salamander has appeared at the door. Only thing is, uh, now she has all the food she needs. She's lost her appetite. So give me a drink. You are well protected. At the click of Salamander's fingers, a guard appears. His gun trained on Federin. Very well protected. Be calm. Sit down, drink your drink. A figure jumps down onto the terrace from a high wall, knocks the guard unconscious and scoops up his gun. Thank you for calling the guard. I was wondering what to do about him. Now, don't move for that box. Not if you value your life. Now, all of you, back over there. That's it. Jamie takes the communication box from the table and moves towards the wall. Not as well protected as you think you are, eh? Now, when I say duck... He pitches the box over the side of the terrace. Duck, get down! Nearby, Astrid triggers a detonator, and there is a huge explosion. As Salamander and the others recover, Jamie lays the gun on the table. Two more guards arrive and are about to shoot him when... Wait a minute! What do you do, boys, huh? Read? Sleep? It's a fine thing! You only have an attempt to destroy me, where are you? It's not so good, boys, it's not so good, I'm watching you. I look after him. The guards help their unconscious colleague away. Better still, get rid of him. When they're gone, Salamander approaches Jamie. Oh, what's all this about, huh? Well, I had two men talking. They said they'd planted a bomb of some kind in your radio telephone. I tried to warn them at the gates, but they wouldn't pay any attention. So you break in? How you break in? Ah, uh, well, I'm here on holiday with a friend, uh, She's very pretty, so the guard didn't see me slip past him. Why didn't you call out and warn me? I nearly used the radio telephone several times. Uh, you'd have had me shot, most like. Why you risk your skin to save me? Well, without you, the earth hasn't much of a chance, has it? For a moment, Salamander's gaze pierces into Jamie's eyes. You like to work for me, huh? You like that? Oh, no, you don't have to do that. I mean, you owe me nothing. You're quite right, boy. And I'm on holiday. You won't find what I pay you disappointing. Aye, there's my girlfriend too, though. Oh, we might be able to find something for her, eh, Faria? Yes. Your chef could use an assistant. See to it. What do you say, huh? Well, I'll give it a go, but I'll say this, though. Your security system's rotten. There'll have to be changes. Oh, 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 what a boy, huh? Faria, 
See you get some proper uniform instead of this skirt. And bring him and his girlfriend to see me. Come along, then. Jamie follows her away. Federin looks amazed. What an extraordinary young man. I prize loyalty very highly, my friend. And I repay it very generously. Like I do the girl Farrier. Huh? <laughs> can, I, uh, can I ask you something? What is it? What does brujo mean? It's the word we use in Mexico for sorcerer, aye? Uh, nothing, nothing. You stay for dinner, huh? Victoria is sitting at one end of the park bench, whilst, book in hand, as if you were a complete stranger, Astrid is at the other. Here comes Jamie. Astrid speaks without looking up from her book. Everything's fine. Oh, God. Careful, you might have been followed. Oh, don't worry, then think I saved his life. Hey, he's offered me a job to you as well. That's perfect. Well done, Jamie. That was nothing. It's all right, you're in. Yes. Okay, it was nothing. Jamie. Jamie! But what? Does he look like the doctor? It's so uncanny. Careful. It's about... Sit. Astrid moves away as Faria approaches with the guard captain. She must have eyes in the back of her head. Uh, so he's offered the both of us a job. Oh, good. Who was that? Who? The other girl who was sitting there. Why don't you leave them alone? Do you have to treat everyone as if they're criminals? He had no right to leave the presidential palace. He had every right. He came to fetch his girlfriend. Salamander ordered it. I didn't hear Salamander order it. Very well, go and ask him. No, perhaps you're wise. Angrily, the captain storms off. He would follow me. I am Faria. How do you do? Uh, this is Victoria. Hello. Hello. Jemmy tells me you're studying the arts of the kitchen. Ah, she's a great dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I like eating and I'm hungry. Then let's see if we can't find you something to do. You can work with me if you like. Thank you. Hurrying along the deck of a disused river jetty, Astrid stops to check she's unobserved, then sits on the edge and lowers herself down into the empty infrastructure beneath. She takes out her gun as someone crawls along towards her. Danish. <laughs> I used to love to do this sort of thing when I was a boy. I'm sorry. It was the safest place I could think of. Oh, it's all right. I'm still fit enough. <laughs> Thank you for getting me the necessary documents. Have you been successful? So far. Salamander swallowed it. I thought he would. The boy is very confident. The girl, not so much. See, the point is, they are near enough to him to pick out something. This was the first time I met Salamander. I must say you were right about him, Astrid. We must get rid of him. He must be stopped. He will be stopped. I'm returning to Giles Kent. Can you wait till we can take action? Well, with a bit of luck, yes. Federin, can you trust him? They freeze. I thought I'd throw them off. The booted feet of a uniformed guard tread heavily on the deck overhead. Astrid reaches for her gun, but... There's enough violence as it is. Besides, Salamander mustn't get suspicious. You kill his man, and he'll begin to think. Astrid nods and relaxes. But then more footsteps are heard. You understand, all strangers are to be picked up. There's been an attempt on Salamander's life. Very well, return to your patrol. The guards move away. It's all right. Veteran, will he betray you in some way? I'm trying to think of some reason why he should. These are all lies, Salamander, lies, I assure you. So you say. What are you going to do, my, my 
My family, my friends. On the terrace, <laughs> Federin finds himself fighting for his political life, staring horrified at a dossier of allegations against him. My dear man. <laughs> my dear Federer, you don't suppose that I intend to make your swindling public, huh? This is this just an insurance, hmm? Ah, sit down. Forget it. I tell you what I'm going to do for you. What? You are going to replace Danish as controller of this zone. But don't say anything. I know you'll accept. What do you want? I tell you, there will be disaster in this zone. I cannot stop the disaster. But I can come to the aid of this zone when it's happened. And take over. I see. The zone would be yours. Oh, ours, Federer, ours. It's a partnership I'm offering you. Either you have half of everything, or you have nothing. What is Alexander Danish? Oh, yes, the, the popular, well-beloved Danish. What a pity. Pity? Oh, didn't I tell you? Danish is going to die. Mysteriously. An assassin. Terrible. I can't do that. You can't ask me. I think I can ask you to do anything I want. The whole terrace shivers slightly. My predictions are accurate. Moving to the edge of the terrace, Salamander takes up a pair of binoculars. The entire Epirus took arranges are in eruption. Salamander seems to savour the view on the horizon. Molten lava is flowing down the distant mountainsides, fierily engulfing everything in its path. Federer, come and look. It's very pretty. The history of Hungary is about to be rewritten. Horrified, Federin peers through the binoculars, and together the men survey the monstrous destruction as trees are flattened and buildings swept away before the creeping red tide. Donald Bruce appears on the terrace. Salamander! What are you doing here? I had a report there was trouble here, an attempt on your life. It was nothing. Come and look! Now, Bruce takes a turn with the glasses. Terrible. Those poor people. Suddenly, Dennis barges his way out to them. Salamander, what have you done? I warned you. You couldn't have known. You done this somehow yourself. The man's mad. Worse still, he's incompetent. I warned this man that this zone was in danger of natural disaster, and he did nothing. He showed no cautions to the public. You deliberately allowed your people to suffer and die. You're a traitor. You're a traitor. You contrived this for your own end! Bruce, I order you to arrest this man! This is nonsense. Federin, you were here. You know this is nonsense. Dennis, you are too naive. At your trial, Federin will be the chief witness against you. Baffled, Dennis looks to his deputy for denial of this. But Federin hesitates, mindful of Salamander's power. In an agony of indecision, Federin simply turns away.
Enemy of the World by David Whittaker Episode 3 On the terrace of Salamander's presidential palace Prisoners escort! Halt! Bruce, your head of world security I'll hold you personally responsible for this man, Danish. Why? Don't you trust your own security? Do I have to insist? My name carries some weight in the councils of the world. Of course it does. I'll do as I ask. Very well. Federin, come with me. We must make a report to the world authority. They won't believe a word you tell them. We shall see. Federin. Before following Salamander out, Federin pauses in front of his superior, who looks away in disgust. When they have gone, Bruce addresses Danish. I'll do what I can for you, but I don't want any trouble. Don't worry. I am looking forward to facing Salamander in public court. I won't run away. In another part of the palace, Salamander, still pointedly holding his dossier on Federin, opens a wall safe. You've done very well so far, Federin. It's nothing but that blackmail. Blackmail? What have I threatened you with? Nothing. No, but you would if I refused to. Federin, I keep on telling you. This is just a form of uh, comprehensive insurance, eh? It's nothing for you to worry about. Oh, my dear man, I've done nothing but praise you ever since we first met. I've said you should be European controller. I've said I would support you. You found out things about me, lies that would damage me. On the contrary, I'm doing you a good turn. I'm actually suppressing facts about you. Lies, I tell you. Lies, truth. Who knows? But we wouldn't like to put him to the test, will we? Huh? Placing the file in the safe, Salamander takes out a tiny black box. He locks the door. There. And places the box in Federin's hands. Watch this. Used in the right way, at the right time. It can dictate your own future and the future of Alexander Danesh. Poison. On the terrace, Jamie is in full guard's uniform when Donald Bruce approaches. I want you to take a message. McCrimmon, what are you doing dressed like this? Leader's orders. As you're here, I've got some questions I want to ask you. I've better things to do, thank you. I want to know what Salamander and Giles Kent were discussing when I saw you last. It's not for me to tell you that. I'm concerned with Salamander's safety. Giles Kent is supposed to be his bitter enemy. Look, if Salamander wishes you to know that, I dare say he'll tell you himself. You'll get no confidences out of me. Well, how much longer am I to be kept here? Seated on a bench in a corridor, Denesh addresses his guard. You choose to be insolent. We're waiting for the security of the car. The volcanic eruptions have disrupted everything. You, Captain. Isn't that a room I could wait in? I'm simply obeying orders. Perhaps you might interpret your orders differently, huh? Mr. Dish, what can I do? You are no longer the controller. You're a prisoner here. Captain, why has Mr. Dennis been kept in the corridor here? It's easier to guard him here. Hmm. You all right? Yes, thank you. Something to read, perhaps? That would be a comfort, yes. The controller is not to be treated as a convicted man before his trial. See, he has whatever he wants. 
Bruce continues on his way. What can I get for you? Well, you have to wait uh, something to eat and drink. Very well. Prison rations, Captain? Certainly not. Not even the best for controlled Danish. <laughs> From our leader's own kitchens. Sir. And to read? Well, something light. Um, a book about foreign travels, perhaps. Hmm? <laughs> In the palace kitchens, Faria has introduced Victoria to Griffin, the cook. So you reckon you know about cooking, eh? Well, yes, I used to do lots at home. All right, give me a menu. Now? Yeah, now. Uh, 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 soup, fish, meat and pudding. Uh, Dessert. Yes. Yeah, go on, what else? Uh, uh, yeah, you're a bit too smart for me. All right, then, let's have a recipe. What, now? Yeah, now. Uh, uh, oh, yes, yes. We used to have a lovely pudding at home with lots of... Almonds, eggs, lemon peel, candied peel, oranges, cream, and... Oh, it was lovely! You wouldn't know how to make it. Oh, it's quite simple, really. You sort of whoosh it up altogether. Well, that sounds easy. What's this whoosh-up called, then? Kaiser pudding. Oh, that's great. Just great. Yes, I've got a job for you, all right. Peel those spuds. Yeah, now. As Victoria sets eagerly to work, Faria has a word in Griffin's ear. Is that the best you can do for her? The girl must learn. Back at school, are we? Well, I suppose there are worse things. The place can be overrun with rats gnawing holes in the gas pipe so the ovens catch fire and burn the building down. It isn't that bad, Griff. <laughs> Look, I'm only trying to help with a senior. There, you see. This chicken is browning too soon already. It'll be as tough as rubber. Oh, Griff. Now the soup's boiling. Did I put any salt in it? Dinner tonight's going to be a national disaster. My mother was right. What? She wanted me to be a dustman. Here, look, do you want to do something useful? Oh, yes, please. Well, sit down and write out the menus. First course interrupted by bomb explosion. Second course affected by earthquakes. Third course ruined by interference in the kitchen. I'm going out for a walk. It'll probably rain. He doesn't like me. It isn't you. He's the same with everyone. Even Salamander. You must go away from here. Don't get caught up in Salamander's world. Why? What do you mean? Sounds if you don't like him. Like him? She breaks off as Jamie enters. Oh, hello there. Finish writing those menus. She makes a hasty exit. Did you hear that? Hi, what can I have? I finish you can tell us something about Salamander. All right, as soon as I can. What have you been doing? I managed to slip out and tell Astrid everything that's happened. Oh, you might have told me, Jamie. It wasn't time. She's trying to get Dennis away. Oh, and take him to the doctor. He'd believe Dennis. I would. She get in. Salamander's got guards everywhere. She's got friends here. They're going to arrange her passes and the right sort of uniform. Well, what sort of uniform? I don't know. Messenger delivery or something. Oh, a captain and a guard walk past the outside window. Better it is to be regarded as a new controller or not. The burden of office is heavy, my friend. Remember when I was in office. All right, gone. Astrid and Giles Kemp were quite right. Salamander is an evil man. I can somehow sense it from all the people here. Oh, he's bad, all right. He's had Danish arrested and he's got this man feathered and eaten out of his hand. Why should he do that? Well, remove the honest man and put a weaker man in his place, but somehow have a hold on him. That way Salamander can take over the territory. Oh, I see. When everything's in a turmoil because of the earthquakes. Uh, and that's lucky to see the least. But you don't really believe that Salamander could cause earthquakes, do you? A large trailer belonging to Giles Kent is parked close to the Kanawa research station. 
Inside, Kent and the Doctor are watching recent broadcast footage of whole towns and cities being ravaged by volcanic disruption. I'm certain Salamander's causing the earthquakes, Doctor, and I'm sure your friends Jamie and Victoria will tell you just how bad he really is. But why make earthquakes? Four years ago, Doctor, when one country wanted to invade another, it set about attacking the confidence of that country, throwing it into confusion, making it weak, then it was ripe for takeover. Now, isn't that exactly what's happening here, only in a different way? Well, what you're saying is that Salamander's found a way of, of harnessing the natural forces of the Earth. It's a little difficult to accept. I'm not saying it's impossible, mind you. He trains a pair of binoculars through the window. You say it's, it's coming from the research station, Salamander's research station, eh? That's what I believe, in spite of... Wait a minute. Kent opens the door and makes a quick check outside. All is clear. Ah, in spite of a number of reasons. He'd invented the sun store, a brilliant advance. He'd found a way of directing conserved energy to areas starved of sun. What made you suspicious? Oh, the money he was spending at the research station, the materials involved, the food stores. It didn't make sense. I had all the papers, all the requisition orders. But that's valuable evidence. All destroyed, and new ones appeared, and I was made out to be the criminal. Oh, by suggestion, of course. I was discredited. And every accusation I made against Salamander was put down as an attempt to throw suspicion off myself. A sort of... Jekyll and Hyde character, perhaps, uh, Mr. Salamander. It'll be interesting to see what report Jamie brings back. Security, quick! Here. In desperation, Kent opens the lid of a divan bed and the doctor dives inside. I hope there's plenty of air in yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. Kent busies himself in the kitchenette as the door is flung open and Bennett enters. Sir, it's you. I might have known. Do you have any authority? You're on research station territory. Not quite. Have a look at the boundary lines. That's very clever. Well, what are you doing here? I don't have to answer your questions. Bird watching, no doubt? Perhaps. Yes, there's a perfect view of the research station from here. Really? Bennett takes a picture from the wall. A portrait of Kent in uniform. Well, well, well. A memento of the old days. An armed guard appears at the open door. It was just an accident. Now then, you won't be staying in this vicinity, will you? You can't make me leave here. Benick nods to the guard, who enters the kitchenette and turns his rifle butt on the contents of the cupboards. Hey, now, what? Not much point in your staying here now, is there? Oh, I wouldn't complain to anyone about this if I were you, Kent. After all, nobody would believe you, would they? From the doorway, Kent watches Bennett and the guard get into their vehicle and depart. Once they have gone, he opens the lid of the divan and helps the doctor out. Now, do you believe the sort of people we're up against? Unpleasant, yes, destructive, but not necessarily evil. Why won't you believe me? It is too important, I must be sure. Oh, dear. What crockery this is. It's sad, really, isn't it? People spend all their time making nice things, and other people come along and break them. That's what I'm trying to tell you about Salamander. He's trying to destroy the world! Facts, Kent. I must have facts. That's what I hope Jamie's going to bring back. Astrid, 
now in messenger's uniform, is hurrying through the lamplit passageways of the palace. In the corridor where Dinesh has been detained, she comes face to face with a young guard. Halt! Why are you running? I have an urgent message for Leader Salamander. Oh. You pass. You have not been here before. No. I thought so. Next time, do not run. It is dangerous to run here. I'll remember. Wait! You like wine? My name is Janos. We drink wine together tonight. I have to go and deliver my message. Yes, but later. You will come back. Oh, yes. Yes, I'll come back. As she moves off, the guard captain approaches. Uh, just a moment. I have an urgent message for Leader Salamander. Yes, I heard you. Where is it? It's private and personal. I don't want to read it. Uh, keep still. I have to deliver it to Salamander personally. Uh, you do have a message? Of course. Then assure me. She takes an envelope from her tunic and hands it to the captain. Well, I know you from somewhere. Behind them, Denish has dropped his book. I think I must have dropped off. Thank you. When the guards look round again, Astrid has disappeared. Denish smiles to himself. In the kitchens, Jamie is eating hungrily at the big wooden table whilst Victoria lays out cutlery on a trolley. Furtively, Astrid enters the room. Sit down. Go on with what you're doing. She checks the other entrances before turning back to Jamie and Victoria. We've got to rescue Dennis. Get him away from the building. There are guards everywhere. Yes, I know, but we must try. It's a pity we can't get him to the doctor. That's exactly where I intend to take him. Well, what's your plan, then? Look, I want you to, well, cause a diversion. What do I need to do? Well, anything. But do it at 11 o'clock precisely. 11 o'clock right. I see. The second corridor on the right. Thank you so much. Uh, she slips away as Griff comes in. Now we're a travel agency. I haven't met you before. What's wrong? It's bound to be something serious. Uh, this is a friend of mine, Griff. He's not, a, he's not a cook like you, I hope. No. Oh, well, that's all right, then. Well, I suppose this is as good a place as any for meeting friends. Come one, come all, I say. How's the food? He lifts the saucepan lid. Terrible. Terrible. I'll get to sack tonight, I swear I will. Maybe they'll shoot me. I won't have to worry anymore. No, they wouldn't do that. The firing squad would miss me. Are you getting on with the food for Mr. Dennis? Well, it's ready, such as it is. Now, we don't want too much of a crowd in here. Well, I'll be on my way then. No, no. You stay. I'll go. I'm only the chef here. Now, what can we give Mr. Dennish? Uh, do you like working for Salamander, Freya? It must be wonderful, travelling all over the world with him. I don't enjoy travelling. She tastes some stew. Well, this is good. That Griff's a genius. Well, why travel, then? Sometimes we do what we have to do, not what we want to do. You don't have to work for Salamander. Don't I? Don't I? What do you know about it? I'm sorry, I'll just... To you, asked... Salamander is a god, isn't he? The saviour of the world. That's why you work for him. You saved his life, didn't you? Well... Don't you protect his life every day? Yes! As I say, sometimes we do what we have to do, not what we want to do. On the terrace, Bruce and Salamander discuss the fate of Danish. Nevertheless, whatever he's done or not done, he should be treated according to rank. He will be moved soon. You can't expect much sympathy for him, you know, Bruce. Your word gets around. I warned you about the earthquakes. He could have cautioned the people. Some of them might have been saved. Maybe. No maybe about it. Who's going to control this zone now? 
Federin. Federin. Oh, what a good idea. Be nice to Mr. Nash. I will. Pushing the food trolley, Victoria leaves the kitchens and makes her way along the palace corridors. She looks back as Griff calls after her. Give him a smile. Might make you forget the taste of the soup. Turning back to the trolley, she almost collides with Federin. Oh, is this for Mr. Danish? Yeah, yes, I was taking uh, it to May him. I look? Yes. With deft sleight of hand. Mmm, delicious. Federin removes the salt cellar. Yeah, very good. Uh, where, where, where's the salt? What? You, you forgot something. Oh, no, well... Well, you run and get it, eh? Yes, yes. As Victoria hurries away, Federin checks that the coast is clear before producing the small black box which Salamander gave him. It is filled with fine white crystals. The guard captain reports to Salamander. The same girl I saw in the park, I, I suddenly remembered. You say she was talking to the boy and girl? She was on the same bench. Coincidence? Oh, she wasn't in messenger's uniform then. She is now. Yes, she certainly hasn't delivered any messages to me. Shall I let the building? No. No, I want to know where she comes from. Let her escape, but have her followed. Frighten her away. I understand. And the other two? Oh, I'll deal with them. Faria and a guard are waiting with Danish. Ah, good. That's Sorry right. I've been so long. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Just a moment. Has the trolley been checked? I was just going to, sir. The captain reaches over and removes a sharp knife from the trolley. Don't any of you know anything? Do you imagine I'm going to try and cut my way out of here? How do I eat without a knife? It's none of my concern. Try the spoon, Mr. Danish. And how do you cut a steak with a, a spoon? With great reluctance, the captain sets about chopping the meat. <laughs> it's a long time since I had my food cut up for me. Watch him carefully. Sir. Thank you for your courtesy. Faria, come with me. I want a word with you and uh, Griffin about breaking regulations. Yes, sir. Victoria makes to follow, but then turns back to Danish. What's the time? Six minutes to eleven. May I stay with you? I'm Victoria. Yes, of course. I'll be glad of your company. And if you forgive me, I'm really rather hungry. <laughs> On the terrace, Federin still holds the small black box. There must be some other way. I, I couldn't do it, Salamand. I couldn't do it. I, I stood there with this man's life in my hands and with this powder, I couldn't use it. I gave you the chance to become something, somebody. You failed to take it. Huh? There must be some other way. Salamander takes the box. <laughs> Of course, my friend. Don't worry. What? Don't worry. You try, you fail. So what, huh? The moon doesn't fall out of the sky. Come on, sit down, have a drink, huh? He crosses to where a carafe of wine sits on a side table. Cheer up. We find another way. I really did try. Of course you did. Don't worry. Forget it, huh? I have an alternative. Slipping the pillbox into his pocket... Your health. Salamander passes a wine glass to Federin. I hope you'll appreciate this wine. It's made for me especially in Alaska. (coughs) 
One chance, my friend. I said one chance. The guard captain reappears. Some trouble in the kitchen, leader. The new man says he's seen someone in the kitchen garden. Very well. Oh, I see to that, will you? Uh, suicide, of course. Uh, such a pity. <sighs> Jamie and Griff are looking through the kitchen window. I can't see anything. Over there by the trees. Hey, his arm to get down. Look, I'm going out there. You stay down here. When the rest of the guards come, send them out after me. Yes, all right. Revolver in hand, Jamie dashes outside. This is just about the end of a perfect day. Here, I know the food's bad, but you don't have to go that far. Griff takes shelter under the kitchen table. Oh, all right, have it your own way. Why did I ever leave Woolamaloo? An armed guard dashes down the corridor past Victoria and Denish. Just going to try and get you away. An attempt has been made to rescue this man. Get him out to the car. As the guard turns, Astrid fells him with a blow to the neck. But he's not alone. Stop! And a bullet hits Denish in the back. Astrid makes her escape. Yes, a short time later, Victoria and Jamie are lined up before Salamander. Well, we all seem to be here. Except the third member of your escape committee. I don't know what you're talking about. You are seen speaking with the girl in the park. The one who tried to escape with Denish. Don't know anything about that. Don't even know her. A diversion was caused. There was no one outside the kitchen. Of course there was someone, and there was shooting. Three shots have been fired from this gun. It's yours, isn't it? Pretending to save my life was ingenious. But ingenuity requires a constant stream of new ideas. Yours seem to have dried up. He rounds menacingly on Donald Bruce. I come to the central zone. An attempt is made on my life. Denish proves to be a traitor. Feathering commits suicide because I uncover him. Do your job, Bruce. You can see they're all in this. All right, take him away. Take your hands off me! Tell Amanda, I think it's about time you told me what's going on. One minute I see you with this lad McCrimmon, you're working together, the next I minute... I thought he saved my life. No, I mean before that, in Kent's office. What are you talking about? Well, I saw you there. But I haven't seen Kent in months. Yes, you were with Kent, the ferrier girl, and those two youngsters. I thought was so curious, I spoke to your number two, Benick, about it. That's really the reason I came to this zone. But I tell you, I must get back to the research centre. You will come with me. It was you. Or someone like you. Salamander gazes silently at Bruce, his eyes dark and uncomprehending. The 
Enemy of the World by David Whittaker, Episode 4. Standing on the terrace of the presidential palace in the central European zone, Salamander stares uncomprehendingly at Donald Bruce. But I tell you, I must get back to research center. You will come with me. It was you. Or someone like you. Later in the Australasian zone, Giles Kent's trailer is still parked outside the Kanawa research station. Patience, Mr. Kent, patience! Astrid should have been in contact by now. Perhaps her plan to infiltrate into Salamander's organization has failed. Oh, no, otherwise Bennick's little visit here wouldn't have been so moderate. He wouldn't have stopped at breaking up the crockery. Well, can't you contact her? If I knew where she was. Oh, no. I know she's in the Central European zone, but that's a big place. No, we'll just have to sweat it out and wait. Well, your friend Bennick did indicate we weren't entirely welcome here. You know. Yes, it's not safe. Uh, and taking you from place to place isn't easy. And I mean, you're uh, not exactly inconspicuous, are you? Uh, thank you. Well, I suggest we give her another hour, and then if she doesn't contact us by then, we'll move out and find out what has happened. Footsteps clatter on the stairs outside Kent's office. And Astrid enters. Breathlessly closing the door behind her, she reaches for the videophone call button on the desk. Her face appears on the screen in the trailer. Astrid, you're back! Switch to scramble! Scramble? Are we being monitored? Right, now. But it's too late. In the records room of the research station, Benick has intercepted the call. When the picture and sound suddenly distort, he furiously switches to the security channel. Has Leader Salamander's ship arrived at the terminal? I think it's due now, sir. Good. Contact the guard. And I want the girl Astrid Ferrier traced. She's Giles Kent's assistant. I'll have an identifier sent down immediately. She's somewhere in this zone. Yes, sir. Tell the captain to inform me the moment he's found her and to hurry. Dennis dead? Yes, shot in the back. Well, it looks as if our friend Salamander's had a real field day, doesn't it? I'm afraid I haven't done very well. Don't worry, it's not your fault. Look, stay put and we'll join you. Astrid cuts the video link. At the sound, she quickly moves to stand behind the slowly opening door. Then grabs the handle and flings the door open, propelling the intruder into the room. Oh, you! What are you doing here? Astrid pins it to the desk. Foolish. It is Faria. What are you doing here? Oh, I can't talk. You're choking me. One move. Just one move. Gun in hand, Astrid releases her. You think Salamander sent me here? Well, didn't he? No, it was my own idea. I came here to see Giles Kent. Why? I have some information for him. Why should you want to help him? Because I hate Salamander probably even more than you do. I can help you destroy him. I want to be there to see his face when he dies. Come on, come on. The guard appears on Bennick's screen. About time, too. Is the captain there? Yes, sir. Uh, here, sir. The girl Astrid Ferrier. She was in the Central European zone. Was she? Well, she's here now. Have you found her? Well, I think so. One of my men saw someone answering her description going to Giles Kent's office earlier. Was she alone? Yes, sir. But shortly after, someone else followed her in. Well, who, man? Who? The Lady Salamander's food taster, sir. Ferrier. Maria. Right. I want the place surrounded, and I'll join you there. Get a move on! Yes, sir. Faria. 
The doctor and Kent have arrived at the office. But what are they going to do to Jamie and Victoria? I don't know. Hold them in the Central European zone until Salamander has time to deal with them. No, you're wrong. Salamander doesn't care for loose ends. He brought them back with him. What, to his headquarters? The research centre? Yes. He's going to try to get information from them. How far would he go to get it? Very far. Oh, that's very comforting. I tell you, I know Salamander. Yes, I, I'm not quite clear about your part in all this. You work for Salamander. Suddenly you fall over yourselves to betray him. I came here for that purpose, yes. Why? Because I have every reason to hate Salamander. He blackmailed me into being his personal servant. I even had to smile when he told me to. What sort of blackmail? What had you done? Does it really matter? Oh, no, no, no. Of course not, my dear. Well, nobody is perfect, Kent. I, I still can't help wondering why... Why I haven't tried to expose Salamander. Well, you were in a unique position to do so. Because without any proof, I'd be wasting my time. Proof! 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 It always comes back to the same thing. No one has any evidence against Salamander. We have some. Not enough. It's not enough. Salamander covers up too well. I have what you want. But I thought that you no, said... No, not about me. Federan. Federan? A public embezzler who commits suicide? Salamander engineered nearly every one of those swindles, and I can prove it. How? Faria produces a slim sheaf of documents. Federan's file. But that's wonderful. Let me see. I'll give it you back. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yes. In the shadow of the office block, Bennick joins the guard captain and his men. Report your position, A3. No, keep well back, sir. Is the building surrounded? A3's in position, Captain. Just closing up the gaps. Well, you haven't brought me here on a fool's errand, I hope. It's still inside, sir. Where's Kent's office? Up on the second floor. Hmm. Right. We'll move in. Just a moment, sir. What about the roof? Uh, no reply yet, Captain. Uh, position, A5. Position. Come on, come on. But I'm afraid that this still isn't evidence. It, it's not real evidence. You mean even this doesn't convince you about Salamander? Oh, I'm not saying that. Well, then you'll do it. You'll impersonate him. And of course, when they see you with me, they're bound to think you're Salamander. But I, I still don't know if I can carry it off. It's the only way to get your friends released. Yes. Of course there are... Oh, I see. Yes, of course. There are conditions, aren't there? You help me, I defeat Salamander. Now look, you're giving me the biggest opportunity I'll ever have of ridding the world of this monster. Either I can convince you one way or I'll have to do it another. What you really want me to do is to kill him, isn't it? What else do you do when someone is evil? Private justice, eh? Hmm. Oh, no, no. I'll expose him, ruin him, have him arrested, but I won't be his executioner. No one has that right. Sometimes it's necessary. No. Yes, Doctor, yes. When the inducement is strong enough, and in your case, yes, you still want your friends out of danger? You can't bargain with people's lives like that! I can! Either you get rid of Salamander, or we won't lift a figure to help your friends. Mr. Kent, look! Kent joins Ferrier at the window. I'd make up my mind quickly if I were you. Why? Have a look out of the window. Well, what is it? A5 reporting in, Captain. Every man's in position, huh? Right, we'll move in. Tell all men to shoot on sight. I can't accept responsibility like that, sir. You won't have any responsibility unless you do as I say. These people are terrorists. Give the order. For a second, the captain stares at Bennick. Then he nods to his second-in-command. 
All A positions shoot on sight. Forward! In the office, Kent looks worriedly at the others. No doubt of it, they're security men. And they're closing in. Well, isn't there another way out of here? The usual ways will be blocked. The fire escape. In agreement, Kent moves to another window. Up there, look! But the guards are already swarming down from the roof. Look out there, too! More guards stand at the bottom of the exterior stairs. Kent ducks back into the office and looks despairingly around. They are fast running out of options. What do we do now? Over here, quick! What's that? Through here, the ventilator shaft. Yes, Wait, of course. The file. Come on, quick. But where did he go? Hurry. Doesn't matter. Benick and the captain arrive outside the door. I don't think just let us in. It'll save so much unpleasantness. Now look, just relax and you won't feel a thing. Faria disappears into the shaft. Now you, Doctor, next. Hey. Oh, what about you? Hold no, the door. Not too important. You go and Giles. I'll follow. All right. Very well. <laughs> You'll leave me no alternative. Break it down. Kent and the Doctor climb into the shaft, leaving Astrid to hold off Benick's men. Get back! Get away from that door! How do you hear me in there? I can just hear come you. Out. I can hear you. How long did you even hold out against us? Standing by. A5, progress. Well? He's outside the window now, sir. Astrid feels a slight breeze and whirls round as a guard launches himself at her through the window. <laughs> there is a shot, but the bullet misses Astrid, who continues to put up a fight. He's through, Sergeant. Smash that lock. Benick and his men stride into the office, but there is no sign of Astrid. Her assailant lies unconscious on the floor. Well? Well? Empty. The air ducts have disappeared from the air conditioning plant. Is there a manhole exit from the plant to the street? Well, I don't know, sir. But find out! On the double. Attention all A positions. Cover street. Send to the air conditioning plant. And you make to shoot the to kill! Repeat! Shoot to kill! With the office empty once more, Astrid slowly uncurls herself from her hiding place under the desk. Down at street level, Faria, still clutching Federin's file, has become separated from the others. She is hurrying along an alleyway when a guard springs out in front of her. She falls to the ground, shot at point-blank range, and lies there gasping as the guard captain approaches. What do you think you're doing? We have orders to kill. Do you always obey orders? I'm sorry, Captain. Oh, never mind. Go and search for the others. I'm sorry, but you should have stopped. Did you get the others? Not yet, sir. As Benick bends down over her, Faria's eyes flicker open. It was you, Astrid Ferrier, Giles Kent, and another. Who was the other man? You know, soon, soon enough. I want to know now. Well, you can't threaten me now, Medic. I can only die once, and someone's beaten you to it. Who was the other man? Sir, she's dead. Benick picks up the papers that have fallen from Faria's hand. Federin's file. Thank you. Leaving the captain standing over the corpse, he walks away. Sometime later, Benick is facing Donald Bruce and Salamander in the records room. What do you mean is, you have failed? I always said something should be done about Kent. You always say! 
You say things, but you don't think. You exceeded your authority, Benick. A woman's been killed. Resisting arrest. Maybe, but you can't just take the law in your own hands. Giles Kent hasn't broken any rules that I know of. For sure he'd show himself one day. He was simply building up his resistance group. Resistance group. The man's a traitor. His people are rebels. Bruce, we must find this man who impersonated me. The dangers are obvious. He could walk in anywhere at any time, pretending to be me and ruin everything. You can leave that to me. I hope so. Benick, come with me and I'll go over the security arrangements with you now. Do as you are told. Benick produces Federin's file. I think you'll find this interesting. And hands it to Salamander. What the girl Faria had this? What can I say? Benick and Bruce leave the room. When they have gone, Salamander picks up a communicator from the desk. Yes, sir. The records room is out of bounds. I'm not to be disturbed. See that the security locks are engaged. Very well, sir. For how long, sir? For as long as I say so. Yes, sir. Crossing to a computer keyboard, Salamander inputs a sequence of commands. Shutters slide down across the room's exits and a man-sized capsule slides out from a recess in one of the walls. Salamander climbs into the capsule, which glides back into the wall, propelling its occupant into a concealed chamber beyond. Once inside, Salamander disembarks. He activates a large wall-mounted computer system and, as data tapes start spinning, opens the doors of a huge wall cabinet. In the cavernous interior, a stretcher-like board is slowly being lowered from a panel in the ceiling. Donning a protective helmet, Salamander lies on the stretcher and straps himself down. Next, he reaches underneath and brings out a small control box. Resting this on his chest, he reaches up with his other hand and pulls a toughened plastic cover over the stretcher, completely encasing himself inside. As Salamander operates the control box, the head of the stretcher begins to tilt upwards until he is suspended vertically. The floor beneath him slips away and the stretcher starts to descend down a slim shaft, deep into the bowels of the earth under the research station. In the corridor outside, Bruce is questioning a guard. Are you telling me that no one, no one at all, can see Salamander? No one, sir. Can you communicate with him on closed circuit? I'll try, sir. The guard operates the intercom as Benick approaches. There is no response. He's turned off the master switch. Sorry, sir. Get all the security details. What's the matter now? It seems that Salamander has locked himself away and can't be got at. So? Well, suppose the place caught fire. It won't. Don't be foolish. Look, I can only tell you that when Salamander works in records, as he does from time to time, no one is allowed in. I can understand if it was a, a laboratory or a research room of some sort, but a, a records room? 
What sort of records have you got in there anyway? What did you want to see him about? Never mind. I just don't like mysteries. Salamander's far too important to lock himself away like this. Anything might happen. A, a world emergency. Suppose I had to order you to let me in there. It wouldn't do any good. When the locks are switched over, they can only be opened from the inside. Salamander emerges from his descent chamber into a brightly lit underground control room. Instrument panels line the walls. The room contains an array of scientific gauges and meters. There's also a desk, a small cot bed, and a large wall map of the world. Salamander sits at the desk and reaches for an intercom switch. In the adjoining main room of the shelter, a group of gaunt, shambling men and women attending a collection of complicated-looking machines and control panels. Amongst them are a young man and woman in their twenties and their older, intense-looking group leader, Swan. Everyone stops to listen as Salamander's voice echoes around the room. I have returned. Take radiation precautions. I will make a report about his surface. He's back. He's managed to get back again. So he's got some good news this time. Do you think Salamander's found some more food, Swan? I hope so. Otherwise, we're finished. Well, let's stop this. Yeah, thank you. The young woman, Mary, looks doubtfully at her partner. Are you going to ask him? You bet I am. He'll take me too. I couldn't sleep a wink last night thinking about you making the trip. None of the others have come back. Don't stop me now. I've got to see the surface, Mary. I've got to. I want to see the sun again. Walk on top of the earth. Not hide like a rat under the ground. I've got to do it, Mary. Got to ask him. Colin moves away, leaving Mary forlorn. Yes. Swan finds Salamander sitting listlessly in the control room. Welcome back, Salamander. Are you all oh, right? Don't, don't come too near, my friend. I'm not yet decontaminated. I'm too weary. Too, too utterly weary. You shouldn't have made this trip, Salamander. You're doing too much. Someone has to bring back the food for you, my friend, huh? You know that the, the radiation is slowly killing me, don't you see? You're no? just doing too much. I worry about you all the time. What are you going to do when I am no longer here? He gets up and walks into a decontamination booth. Uh, radiation gets a little more each time. One day, that needle will stay at maximum radiation. Don't say that. Why, Mary, Colin, that's my big joke, huh? Just to frighten you a little. I've got good news for us. We can return to the surface? No, 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 not yet. But, but I found another store of food. Thank God. And it's undamaged. Colin, over the last store of wine, huh? Go on, you, you help him too, Mary. The young couple leave again. You must take it slowly, for goodness sake. I'm all right, my friend. I'm just a little dizzy. It's, it's terrible up there, you know. Swan, you've no idea. Right, I am ready. Back in the main room, everyone has gathered to share the wine. Swan comes in, Salamander behind him. And I have brought food for you. Plenty of food. Please, Swan. Who can try? Please, Swan. 
I remembered on, on my way back down here that we are near our anniversary again. In a few short weeks, we survivors will have been down in this shelter for exactly five years. Five years. Colin and Mary were, were just teenagers then. Look at them now. We fed ourselves. But what's more than that, we are fighting back. Yeah. We are doing something. Yeah. Will we ever return to the surface, Salamander? Yes, yeah. of course we will. This is what I'm striving for. But, but up there, it's terrible still. The war goes on and on. And you never know when the air is clean or when it's poison. When can we return? We have to, to fight for a while longer. Mm. Creating natural disasters. Monsoons, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, always in the places where the enemies of truth and freedom gather together. You tell us this all the time, Salamander. When are we going to escape from this nightmare prison? That's all I'm asking you. Colin, please. I want an answer. You shall have an answer, my friend. You will return to the surface when you have a good chance of survival. He falters. You're ill. No, no, it's all right, but you must believe me. Colin, all of you, you cannot return to the surface until it's safe to do so. Please, my friend, we must. As Swan helps Salamander back towards the control room, the gathering disperses and people drift back to their workstations. I can't help it, Mary. Next time I'm going to make him take me with him. No. You know the others didn't come back. Got to. Then take me with you. I'd rather die with you up on the surface than live down here without you. At the control room door, Salamander turns to Swan. Uh, no, Swan. Uh, we must check the power levels, huh? All right. Everyone to their places, please. Yes, Salamander on. wants to check the power levels. Come along there. Come on. Full blast. That's right. Check the meter levels. Full power on line one, Salamander. Swan's voice is heard in the control room. Oh, good, good. No faults indicated. Oh, excellent. Salamander sits back and lights a cigar, a contented smile on his lips. In Giles Kent's trailer, Astrid is applying dark makeup to the doctor's face. But I still don't understand what's happened to Faria. She went the wrong way. We lost her. Well, we must find her. You don't seem to realize how vital it is. Doctor, hold still a moment, will you? Sorry. The doctor regards himself in the mirror. There. Look at that, Giles. Isn't it amazing? Salamander to the life. Yes, it's, it's not bad. I think I heard something. Well, perhaps it's Faria. But suddenly, Bruce is in the room, an armed guard behind him. <laughs> Thank you.
Enemy of the World by David Whittaker, Episode 5. Kent's trailer is suddenly invaded by Donald Bruce and an armed guard. Stay where you are. I've been looking forward to meeting you again. Over there. No, not you. As instructed, Kent and Astrid move away from the doctor. Sit down, all of you. How did you find us? Your last visitor was Salamander's deputy, Benick. When he left, he fixed this underneath your trailer. A radio tracking device. On whose authority? Mine. He turns to the doctor. It's amazing. How alike you and Salamander are. Incredible. You fooled me the first time we met. But now, even Salamander himself would think he was looking in the mirror. Why? You want this man to impersonate Salamander. Why? Bruce and Astrid remain defiantly silent. How much are they paying you? I beg your pardon? They want you to assassinate Salamander, don't they? Take his place? But that's ridiculous. I couldn't possibly do that. But you were preparing to impersonate him, weren't you? Well, well yes. All right, then. Why? Because Salamander holds my two friends prisoner and I was going to attempt to rescue them. And at the same time, get evidence that would expose Salamander as a traitor, blackmailer and murderer. Quite an ambitious plan. How do you know such evidence exists? It exists in Salamander's records. No, yes, I know why you want Salamander out of the way. You hate him because he exposed your profitable sideline of misusing public money. Oh, it was Salamander who was misusing the money. And I was dismissed from my post and the evidence against Salamander concealed. So you say. But you've no evidence at all against Salamander, have you? I tell you, the evidence is in Salamander's records. And I'm expected to take that from you? We do hold evidence that Salamander isn't quite so pure and white as he's painted. No? What? A file containing certain information about a gentleman called Federin. Salamander was going to use this evidence against Federin, blackmail him into submission, after he'd got rid of Denish, that is. And so gain control of another zone. Where is this file? Uh, Ferrier has it. Salamander's food taster. Ferrier? But she's dead. Dead? But how? She was shot by one of Benick's guards escaping arrest. Oh, escaping scary. arrest? Benick had it killed. Because she had evidence against Salamander. And Benick will return the file to Salamander. We must get to the research station. You're not going anywhere or doing anything. As far as I'm concerned, this story you've told me could be a pack of lies to cover your attempt to assassinate Salamander. Now, I'm not saying I'm altogether satisfied with Salamander or his organization, but I'll investigate in my own way. Meanwhile, Salamander will have found a way to cover himself and also a way of disposing of you. You're digging your own grave, Bruce. That's my affair. I do things my own way. Suddenly, Astrid seizes the guard's gun. And I do things my way. <laughs> really, as head of security, you should have more reliable guards. Benick is outside the records room. Leader Salamander. Still inside, sir. Let me know the moment the doors are open. Yes, sir. Benick turns and looks up the corridor as two stretchers are carried across. They hold the unconscious forms of Jamie and Victoria. 
Benick addresses the guard captain. So you've brought them. Good. Any trouble? No, a light drug sort of that. Let me know the moment they wake up. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to questioning them. I have a feeling they're going to be stubborn. So much more interesting when our prisoners are stubborn. Astrid holds the gun trained on Bruce and the guard. You're only making trouble for yourself. Killing me won't get you anywhere. We have to get to the research station. And you're not going to stop us. But you're completely surrounded. You don't really believe I came here with just one guard, do you? You'd be very silly to try and fight your way out. I'd give you about 30 seconds to live if you tried. All right, Bruce. We might have just 30 seconds, but you'd have exactly half that time if you were lucky. Please, Mr. Kent. You're forgetting one very important thing. What? Me. Without me, you haven't got an earthly chance of getting in that control center. So? I've told you before. I will not have anything to do with violence. And what about your two friends? Are you going to leave them to the tender mercies of Salamander? No, I am not. He holds his hand out to Astrid. May I? What? Please, just trust me. She hands him the gun. Now then, I think you agree that at this moment your life is in my hands. Smiling, he turns the gun around and offers it to Bruce. What are you doing? Hold it. It's all right. Mr. Bruce isn't going to shoot anyone, are you? Why? Why do you do that? Because I think I know what sort of man you are. Honest and reasonable. Go on. I gave you back that gun because I trust you. Now I want you to trust me. You must be a complete fool or very clever. Well, I'm afraid you will have to make up your mind to that right away. What do you hope to gain by this gesture? Your confidence. Do you believe Kent's accusations against Salamander? I think there's reasonable doubt about Salamander's personal integrity. But there's only one way to get proof. By getting into Salamander's research station? Yes. And my two young friends may have some information. And if there isn't any evidence? Well, then you'll be perfectly free to arrest us and put us in prison, won't you? <clears throat> All right. I'll do it on one condition. What's that? That you and I go alone. Kent and the girl stay here as hostages. Now, wait a minute. I must go with him. No, Kent, you stay here. I must be mad to trust you. I only hope your impersonation of Salamander fools Benick. If it doesn't, we're in dead trouble. Here, take this. He hands the gun to the guard. Keep those two in the caravan. Oh, and um, watch the girl. Come on. With that, Bruce and the doctor depart. Deep underground in the nuclear shelter, Salamander enters the empty control room and moves to the intercom. Swan, I'm back in the control room. Swan and the others pause to listen. I place the new food cases on the conveyor. Detail some men to unload them. Then make a report on Schedule 7. Jones, Morris, Hunt. Now remember... If there's any contamination showing up at all on the register, you must tell me immediately. The first crate of food appears in a wall hatch. To the side, there is a large radiation meter. One of the men checks the reading and, satisfied, nods to the others to remove the crate. Mm -hmm. Swan! Have you ever thought what would happen to us if Salamander didn't come back from the surface one day? No, he always comes back. And talk like that isn't healthy. I've told you about this before, Connie. You can live in a dream world if you want to. Morale is important down here. Reality is important too. Facing facts. Come in. Yes, all right. 
He moves away to make further instrumentation checks. I'm sorry, Swan. He's the best man I've got. I know. If only he'd just accept the he fact that everything... He never will. He must be more patient then. We'll get out of here one day. Will we? Of course we will. Salamander says so. Yes. Swan goes to collect reports from other workstations and Mary catches up with Colin. Blind idiot. Why do you think everybody else has to be an idiot too? Don't let people think, Colin. Swan's all right. Don't think that's right. Just work, sleep, eat if there's enough to go round. Like worms under the earth, sightless worms wriggling about without hope, without purpose. It isn't like that. Isn't it? All this? Every day I ask myself, what are we doing down here? You've never doubted him before. I don't know. I don't say I doubt him. But just once, Mary, just once, I want to see with my own eyes what's going on up there. Me! Not hear about it from anybody else. Are you getting on with your work? You mustn't fall behind, you know. Come on, Colin. We all get depressed. I know how you feel. Sorry. That's all right. Swan returns to where the new food crates have been stacked. Ah, how are we getting on here, huh? Ah, all this. It's a good haul. Stand by to make your report, Swan. Bending down to examine one of the crates, Swan notices a piece of paper stuck to the bottom. Curiously, he tugs at it and discovers it to be a scrap of damp newsprint bearing a large headline, Holiday Liner Sinks, Many Fear Dead, and a date. Reaching full power here, Swan. Swan stares at the paper, hardly able to believe his eyes. He looks up and heads, almost trance-like, for the control room. Salamander, I must see you. Not now, we are too busy. This is urgent. Oh, very well. <coughs> Salamander is seated at the desk when Swan comes in, still holding the piece of paper. No, what's the matter, huh? What's this? What is this? What? Newspaper. It's a piece of newspaper. So? Well, go on, look at it. Read it. Last year's date. Look at the bit of headline there. There! Control yourself, Swan. You've gone mad! Holiday liner sinks! You say there's a global war, radiation everywhere. How can there be holiday liners? Tell me how! You've lied to us, haven't you? Haven't you? Salamander stands and moves away, thinking fast. He turns back to Swan. In a way, Swan, yes. I had to. Had to? What do you mean, had to? Well, it's true that... That the war is over. But have you any idea what happens to people who've been involved in a nuclear war? Have you? Of course I haven't. I've been down here. Those that are lucky enough to escape the annihilation have their bodies eaten away by radiation poisoning. They deformed in minor body. But this, this, this newspaper. Well, they have a kind of society, but it's, it's evil, corrupt. You don't think I could expose you to, to that sort of thing? Think of Mary and, and the other women. You could have told me at least. I decided not to. You should have told me. I thought it was best. And what about the natural disasters we've been organizing? The volcanoes, earthquakes? Swan, they're not fit to live. You're murdering them, killing them off. I want you and the others to inherit the Earth. Make a new world. Yes, I know all about that. But not at the price of wholesale murder. It's not murder. If you could see, you'd understand. 
He's an act of mercy. There must be some other way. No! I won't take your word anymore. I want to see for myself. You... You, you, you'd be horrified. Maybe. The radiation would kill you. I'll chance that. Very well. But, but promise me one thing. You won't tell the others. Why shouldn't I? Because I am right and you are wrong. You, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to hurt them like that, huh? And if you're lying and I want to tell them when I get back... How can I stop you? You'd better tell them you're coming with me. Say, uh, say you persuaded me. This one, trust me. Don't go here with this, huh? I have to. Swan moves to the intercom and presses the button. This is Swan speaking. It's nearly a year since anyone went on the surface with Salamander. Salamander's changed his mind. He's going to take me with him. There are more stores to bring down, too. Salamander can't do it all on his own. We'll both be back soon with good news, I hope. Why not me? Why? I asked him. He turned me down. Colin. Why not me? Why not me? Colin runs to the control room door and shouts through it. Salamander, take me with you! Take me with you! They've gone. It's no good. Please, Colin. What's him to take me? Got to get out of here, Mary. Got to get out. In the interrogation room at the research station, Jamie is regaining consciousness. Jamie. Jamie. What? Oh. Here, drink this. The headache soon goes. Where are we? I don't know. Oh, let's find out. But as they make for the door, it opens, and Benick enters with a guard. Don't leave us so soon. We can have a little talk. Where are we? You're in the Australasian zone. I had you brought here especially. Why? so that Salamander could ask you some questions. Oh, for all the answers he's going to get, you might as well have just left us there. Stand up and you'll talk to me! You'll get nowhere by shouting. On the contrary, I'm going to get everything I want from you two. We'll not tell you a thing. <laughs> That's good. I like that. What? Spirit. Resistance. And you've got plenty of both, haven't you, boy? Well, I wonder how long you'll last. Five minutes? No, a little longer, maybe. Ten, perhaps? What do you mean? Come, now. You don't think I'm just going to sit here and ask questions, do you? You must have been a nasty little boy. Oh, I was. But I had a very enjoyable childhood. Jamie punches the guard in the stomach, flooring him. But in a flash, <laughs> Beric has Victoria in a stranglehold with a gun at her temple. Yes, I thought so. Spirit. Plenty of spirit. He shoves the girl back towards Jamie. Oh, we're going to enjoy ourselves, aren't we? Now then. I, I thought you were going to take us to see Salamander. Yes, I will. Do you expect me to do my little best first? You lay a finger on and I'll kill you. <laughs> will you? 
How? <laughs> no. I think the time's come for you to answer my questions, don't you? Come here, girl. If you don't, I shall have to shoot one of you. Oh, not a mortal wound. In the leg, perhaps? You better go. Don't worry. There. That's better. Oh, such pretty hair, don't you think? <laughs> All right, leave her alone. What do you want to know? Quite a lot. And you're going to tell me everything, aren't you? <gasps> All right, yes. Who's behind you? Is it Giles Kent? Suddenly, the door bursts open. Ah, oh, so they're here, are they? Salamander, I, I thought you were in record. Have they told you anything yet? Not yet. Very well, Bruce and I will take over. You may go and uh, take your little puppy dog with you. Hmm? Benwick leaves reluctantly, the winded guard following him out. No. We can't tell you anything. Oh, of course not. We know everything. We know about Giles Kent. We know about the girl called Astrid. And we know about your friendly doctor. I don't believe you. A childish plan to impersonate me. That's the truth, isn't it? Uh, but he didn't agree to it. You two were sent to the Central European Zone to start trouble. If you want to know the truth, Giles Kent told us a story and we weren't sure. Before the doctor could do anything, we had to come here and find out what person you're like. Yeah, we found that out right enough. You see, Bruce, they're just terrorists. Not very big fry either. All this nonsense about proof against me. If you're doing so much good for the world, why are you so afraid for your own life? Hi, why do you have so many enemies? Personal guards. Uh, your own food taster. And why destroy the one man the people trusted, Alexandra Dennis? Hi. You mean destroy? One of your men shot him. Trying to escape? He shot him deliberately. Hi, and that girl Faria, well, she was close to Salamander. She'd speak against him, I know she would. Faria is dead. Dead? You've had her murder too, have you? Why, you... Oh, Victoria, don't hit me. Oh, you wouldn't hit your old friend the doctor, would you? I, I wouldn't leave you in the tender mercy of, of Salamander. The doctor? You don't believe me? Oh. He pats his pockets hopefully before realising that he is not carrying his uh. recorder. <clears throat> he purses his lips. <laughs> Only you made me leave it in the TARDIS. TARDIS? What's that? Oh. Uh, well, it's a little place that we three have in common. Well, you must admit that they thought I was Salamander to begin with. Yes, I concede that. But there's still no proof. No, but there's enough doubt in your mind to make you go on asking questions, isn't there? That's why we came here. Fennec reaches the records room. I told you to let me know when Salamander was out of records. But no one's come out, sir. What did you say? He hasn't come out, sir. Frowning, Benwick turns away. Salamander and Swan emerge into a gloomy subterranean tunnel. What happens up there? Oh, it ends in a ruined building. This is where I bring the stores. You would be safer here. Safer? Yes, the radiation. I, I don't think it filters down here. I still want to see the surface. You will, you will. Giles Kent is restlessly pacing the floor of his trailer. I should have insisted on going with him. Bruce should have taken me. Do you know he doesn't trust you? He wouldn't trust his own grandmother. Oh, never 
Never mind, Giles. We've come a long way. Months ago, well, a few weeks ago even, nobody would have even listened to you. Oh, maybe. There's no maybe about it. Yeah, perhaps you're right. Bruce listens to us at last. He's even prepared to ask questions. That's fine, but I know Salamander. He'd talk his way out of a quicksand. Well, what else can we do? The guard's still outside. I must get into the research center. I've got to make sure that Bruce understands the evidence. Understands it, Astrid. Don't you realize he mightn't know what he's looking for? I know. But we can't attack the guard. It would only make matters worse. Not if I was to give Bruce real evidence. Giles, how long would it take you to get to the research station? Oh, just a few minutes. I've got to pass. It's just a matter of getting there. All right. I think I can help you. I'll draw the guard off and leave you alone. Do you think you can do it? Yes, I think so. But I thought you said we weren't going to attack the guard. Oh, we're not going to attack the guard. But there is going to be an attack. A fatal one. Salamander and Swan continued to pick their way along the rock tunnel, here littered with packing cases and equipment. Where does this lead? It goes on up and comes out in a field. What about radiation? Here it's almost negligible. You mean you could have brought others here from below? I don't understand. Don't you realize what a break it would be for them just moving away from that underground tomb once in a while? You seem to forget, Swan. I've brought people up here before. There's always an end of the risk. I still want to have a look at these people you say are living on the surface. Where does that lead? Oh, that's a dead end. It's a place I sometimes rest. It's very hard work, you know, bringing yes, all this... Yes, I know that. This way, then? You... you sure you... you won't change your mind, huh? Swan shakes his head. In the gloom, Salamander's hand closes around a discarded crowbar. In the trailer, Astrid uses a sauce bottle to smash the window. What's going on here? He's been shot through the window. All right, stand back. Kent lies across the divan, a red stain on his forehead. It's finished. Better get a doctor anyway, just in case. Hey, come back! The guard charges out of the trailer in pursuit of the escaping Astrid. After a few moments, the supposedly dead Kent smiles to himself, then gets to his feet, wiping the ketchup from his face. Checking the coast is clear, he picks up his jacket and leaves. The guard sprints across an open field in search of Astrid, who watches from her hiding place amongst some rocks. After he has passed, she starts to move through the undergrowth, but stops when her ears pick up on a faint cry. Cautiously moving towards the sound, Astrid finds a concealed tunnel entrance amongst the bushes. A little way in she discovers a figure huddled on the floor, blood on his clothes and a nasty gash on the back of his head. Salamander. 
By David Whittaker. Episode 6. Astrid finds the wounded swan huddled in the entrance of the underground tunnel. Help! Somebody help! Who did this to you? A man named. In the interrogation room, the doctor and his friends are trying to make Bruce believe the impossible. Now, wait a minute. Are you seriously trying to tell me without a shred of evidence that salamander is attacking the world with natural disaster? Well, yes, yes, that's what I believe. But it's beyond belief. How could he possibly? I'm sure we'll find proof in the records room. Maybe, but that's where salamander is. Ah. Well, we shall have to wait till he comes out, won't we? The door opens and Benick enters. What? Yes. No, no. Salamander's place. Danger. Right. Be careful. Get you some water. Cautiously, Astrid picks her way along the dank tunnel to where a feeble stream of water is trickling down the wall. She cups her hands together and collects as much as she can. In the interrogation room, the doctor has resumed his salamander persona. Really, Bannock, I'm beginning to wondering why I pay you such a monstrously high salary, worrying me over trifles. Make your own decision. Is that all? When do you have to sign these passes with the hover truck food supply? Well, now? What do you always tell me they have priority over everything? Oh, very well. He takes the forms which Bennick has brought in and starts checking them at the desk. By the way. Yes? The door to the record room is jammed. It was all right when you came out, wasn't it? Yes. But it won't open now. Can I have your key? Without missing a beat, the doctor checks his pockets. Uh -uh. I'm going mad. I left it in there. What a fool. <laughs> it's all right. I'll use the emergency key. Yes, do that, will you, right away. Oh, please don't wait for these. And so Benick turns and leaves the room. That was close. How long was he standing there listening to us? I don't know. Do you think he's on to us? I hope not. But he's done us a good turn in bringing me these. This'll interest you, Bruce. Mm -hmm. How many people you say work in the research centre? Fewer than you'd think. It's fully automated, you know. Six engineers and six guards on duty at any one time. A dozen, eh? Will you tell me why 30 people are catered for here? In the tunnel, Astrid holds a damp handkerchief to Swan's mouth. The war. How bad was the war? I don't understand you. I wish there was something I could do for you. What's he done? What's he done? He's kept us prisoners. Listen, there are others. There are more people down the shaft. Salamander's kept us down there, prisoners. Years of it. 
promise you'll bring them to the surface. Swear it. You've got to swear it. He falls back into her arms. He is dead. The doctor is speaking into a communicator. He's a salamander. I want your security escort to come to the interrogation room immediately. I'm releasing two prisoners. They are to be conducted to the main gates and set free. Is that understood? Good. He replaces the device on the desk. But I hope that works. So do I. What do you want us to do when we get outside? There are plenty of public phones in the area. Dial 001 and ask for a man named Forrester. Eh? He's my deputy in this area. 001 Forrester? Tell him where I am and just say Redhead. Redhead? Redhead, is that clear? Redhead? Is that your wife? It's our emergency call. Sorry. Salamander? Is the, uh, is the pass in order? Very well, you have my authority. What was all that about? We have a visitor. Now, uh, Bruce, you're going to get your proof, but I want you to do one thing. What? I want you to take my two friends to the gates and see they get away all right. Well, what are you going to do? You're to go straight to the TARDIS as soon as oh, you're away to What is this TARDIS? Well, it's a sort of speech. H house. House we live in. I don't think you heard me the first time. What are you going to do? Deep in the shelter, Colin sits miserably beside a tray of untouched food. Mary is watching him, her face full of concern. Please eat something, Colin. I will later. Right, this time I'm going to have it out with Salamanca. In the control room, the descent chamber door opens slowly. Astrid emerges. Amazed at what she has found, she looks around her, examining first the control banks and gauges, then the charts and papers on the desk. Moving to the inner door, she finds it locked. A few experimental stabs at the control switches prove fruitful, and suddenly the inner door opens to reveal the men and women of the shelter community. Slowly, Astrid moves towards them. The people retreat in fear. When she enters the main room, she finds that everyone has vanished. Where are you? Keep away! Get back! As Astrid looks for the voice's hidden owner, she is pelted by a volley of small objects. I've come to help you! Suddenly, the shelterers emerge from all sides of the room, armed with a variety of sticks and heavy objects. Astrid is forced into a corner by the frightened people, when out of melee appears Colin, who fights his way through to her. What's the matter with you? Are you all mad? Get back! Get back! Thanks! Thanks. Don't move. I don't know who you are, but you must be carrying radiation. What? You're from the surface, aren't you? How did you get down here? Did you see Salamander? And Swan, what about Swan? Swan sent me. Swan, where Swan? is he? He's dead. You see, Colin Salamander was right. He always said if we went up to the surface, we'd die of radiation. No, not radiation. Salamander killed him. No, no. I don't believe you. I'm lying to you. We're keeping you prisoners. I don't know why. No, no, no. Listen to me. Wait! 
We must decontaminate you. There's equipment yes. in Salamander's control room. In there. Yes. Yes. Colin signals for the others to remain behind, whilst he and Mary take Astrid into the control room. In there. After just a few seconds, the meter level falls to zero. You can come out now. I'm all right. Yes. Now tell us, what's this about no. Swan? Just watch. She takes a ruler from the desk. Look at the meter. And places it in the booth. The meter level rises to danger and then settles back. These machines are fake. Is this ruler contaminated? Look, see those bulbs? There's invisible ray. Break it, and it works the meter. But Salamander... He built it! He always uses it when he comes home. Yes, I know, to try and convince you for some reason or other that there's radiation above ground. There is the war. War? What war? Where is he? Where's Salamander? That's just what I would like to know. At that moment, in the research station records room, it appears that Salamander is examining the controls on the desk. In a nearby corridor, Wait! Jamie and Victoria encounter the guard captain. Where are you going? Lead us Salamander's orders. What orders? He's released us. I wasn't informed. I was. Where are the release papers? Are you questioning my word? No, of course not, sir, but there are strict rules. Rules? Really? You forget. I'm World Security Controller. I make rules and break them. And men, Captain. Come on, you two. Find Deputy Bennett. Quickly. Sir! The shelterers crowd into the control room as Astrid prepares to leave with Colin and Mary. I can only take two at a time. I'm sure they all understand that. You see, I must find Salamander. Are you sure you don't want me to wait here with them? No. Now that Swan's dead, you two seem to be the leaders. After what you've told me, you must confront the man who started this. Face to face. Giles Kent makes his way quickly and quietly along a corridor of the research station. Reaching a wall monitor, he adjusts a control to show the interior of the record room and sees Salamander seated at the desk. Kent flattens himself against the wall as Benick and a guard appear around the corner. Yes, sir. Door's jammed. I can't get a view of the inside of the room. Right. So Bruce and the rest of them are in the interrogation room. Yes, sir. The captain felt something was wrong, and so do I, sir. One minute leader Salamander's locked in the record room, the next he's in the interrogation room. Doesn't make sense, sir. Of course it doesn't make sense if you haven't got any sense. Just stand guard and try and keep your wits about you. Yes, sir. With Bennett gone, Kent, unnoticed by the guard, operates the door control and slips inside the records room. Giles Kent. What are you doing here? Oh, I've been looking forward to this meeting. You're getting careless. You didn't double lock the doors. Oh, it's all right. I've done it now. <laughs> the only way anybody can get through there is to blast their way through. How did you get into the research center? Oh, you know me. There isn't a pass in the world I can't get my hands on if I put my mind to it. You won't find it so easy getting out. Really? Well, we'll see. I'm not on my own this time. I've got friends here with me. And between us, we're going to fix you once and for all. You always were a tiresome man, Kent. I'm going to be more than tiresome this time. 
You know, the biggest mistake you ever made was not killing me when you had the chance. Oh, so you're going to kill me, huh? How petty. What good do you think that will do? Now, don't move quickly. My nerves are a bit shaky at the moment. In the corridor, Bruce and Benick have arrived and are watching the confrontation on the screen. We must get in there somehow. We can't without the emergency key, and Salamander has it in there. We could burn our way in. Never. Why not? It's an X-structure alloy. You'd hardly scratch the surface. We'll have to try it. Get the gear up here, fast. <laughs> Never get away with it. All that's good coming from you. But don't you realize you're dispensable? And the world is going to get along fine without you from now on. The only good idea you ever had in your life was getting rid of me, and you couldn't even do that properly, could you? <laughs> and now I'm back and you're finished. And what's that? They're breaking down the door. Gun in hand, Kent adjusts a monitor to reveal the scene outside. They don't appear to be having much success. Stop cutting, sir! Never mind, keep at it! In the underground control room, the descent chamber doors close and the lift begins to ascend to the surface. You're trapped, aren't you? Well, you're a fool, Salamander. You don't think I've forgotten already, do you? What? I've been with you too many times in this room in the past. Not to know where this leads to. The concealed capsule slides out from the wall. A little bolt hole. Halfway down the tunnel. A passage out to the fields and enough explosives down there to stop you or your thugs following me. Well, that's very interesting, Mr. Kent. Why didn't you tell me that before? Oh, no, it can't be. Oh, I'm afraid it is. Oh, look, here's another surprise for you. Look behind you. Astrid, you've come just in time. It's too late, Giles. I know everything. That's him. That's the man who took us down there in the first place. Giles Kent, we thought you were dead. Oh, now, look, I've never seen these people before in my they life. They told me everything. You and Salamander were in it together. In a sub-control centre somewhere in the network of rock tunnels, Salamander is watching the scene on a tiny monitor screen. You built an atomic shelter, took some people down for an endurance test, the next person they saw was Salamander, who told them that an atomic war had started. You see, Kent? Oh, be careful, Doctor! He'll kill you! You kept us down there like animals! Why? Why did you do it to us? We had to have someone create the natural disasters, didn't we? And we fooled you all! You didn't fool me, Kent. You didn't suspect me. Any man who resorts to murder as eagerly and as rapidly as you must be suspect. You didn't just want to expose Salamander. You wanted to kill him and take his place. And I will! You think you're going to stop me and these people? Now move out of the way, quick! We'll see who'll stop me! He climbs into the capsule, then it recedes, a shutter closing behind him. He's going to try and blow the place up! Come on, then! No! Don't touch that door, it's red hot! What do you mean? Well, it's locked. They're trying to burn through from the other side. Look! The monitor picture now shows the sub-control room. It looks like a sort of cave. It's the escape route. A salamander! Yes. I wonder if he knows Kent's on his way. Benick suddenly snatches the guard's gun and waves it at Bruce, but more guards have appeared behind him. I demand a trial, Bruce. Fair trial. What a nasty little man you are, to be sure. Forrester, I want all research personnel detained, and you can begin with Benick here. Take him away. Further along the corridor, the doctor's voice comes over the intercom. Bruce! 
Bruce, can you hear me out there? Bruce! Can you hear me? Yes, Doctor. Oh, there you are. Uh, I think Kent is going to try and blow us up. Any chance of getting us out of here? Things are going to turn rather nasty in a minute. We're doing our best, Doctor. Oh. Well, if you can't, you better leave with your, your man. There's no point in us all going up in smoke. As Kent picks his way along the rock tunnel, he is unaware of Salamander hiding in the shadows. Taken by surprise, he is swiftly relieved of his gun. You always swear I'd fool with you. Now, wait a minute. They'll be after both of us now. Oh, no, they won't. I tell you, they know! So what do you want me to do, huh? Bury our differences, hmm? I didn't need you once, I still don't need you. Now, wait a minute. The place is mine, we know that. We planned it for years, together. Between us, we can destroy them all, and the evidence. Just you and me, Solomon. You and me. What use are you to me? You were useful once. But now. No! No! The shot glances at Kent's shoulder. He turns and flees back into the tunnel. <laughs> you won't get away from me, Kent! <laughs> As the Doctor and Astrid watch events unfold in the records room scanner, Salamander corners Kent in the sub-control centre. <laughs> I told you, you could not escape me. This time Salamander's aim is true, and Kent staggers back. Well, if I'm gonna die, Salamander, you'll die with me. He lunges for a control lever. No! No! Massive explosion rocks the research station. The records room door flies open, admitting Bruce and his men. On screen, a hand can be seen jutting from the tunnel debris. People, what people? The people underground in the deep shelter. They may have been killed. I promised one I'd get them out. But that's not your fault. You couldn't have done more. There's a TV monitor screen in there. There must be a link to the deep shelter. Back in the records room, the screen shows frightened shelterers milling around after the explosion. It's all right. They're alive. But how are you going to get to them? There's a tunnel from outside. We can get you it outside the research station. But that's totally been destroyed by the explosion. We'll get to them somehow. Look out! Oh. A portion of the ceiling falls in on them. Oh. Give me some men. I'll lead them. All right. I'll go with you. Oh, God, that, that's splendid. I'll come too. Oh, no, Doctor. It's far too dangerous. They might mistake you a salamander. Yes. Oh. Oh, are you uh, hurt? No, I'm all right. I'll, I'll come with you as far as the gates. Come on, we must go. Oh. On the beach where the adventure began, night has fallen. Jamie is waiting impatiently outside the TARDIS. He looks up when a familiar figure appears amongst the dunes. I thought you were never coming. Hey, Doctor, are you all right? The question goes unanswered, 
and the doctor staggers unsteadily through the open TARDIS doors. Jamie follows. Oh, there you are, Doctor. You do look in a state. Come and sit down. I told you it wouldn't be long. You, you worried too much. We shouldn't have left him. You see, after the explosion, Doctor, we didn't know what to do. You said to come back here, which we did, but I'm sure we'll follow. Please, can we start straight away? The Doctor has been staring at the console with barely disguised bewilderment. He gestures for Jamie to make the necessary adjustments. Me, Doctor? But you said we would never to touch the controls. Quite right, Jamie. They whirl round to see the real Doctor in the doorway. Welcome to the TARDIS. Thank you. You're doing so well impersonating me. Uh, I thought I might return the compliment. And Giles Kent, unfortunately, didn't survive the explosion. We're going to put you outside, Salamander. No friends, no safety, nothing. You'll run, but they'll catch up with you. No! In a flash, Salamander has the doctor pinned against the console. And now I'm going to kill you. No, you don't! In the ensuing struggle, the takeoff lever is pulled. The engines scream in protest as the TARDIS dematerializes with its door still open. Thrown to the floor, the Doctor, Jamie and Victoria link hands and cling to a chair. But Salamander is not so lucky, sucked into the black void outside. The TARDIS flies on, with its occupants now at the mercy of the time-space continuum.
Doctor Who and the Web of Fear next Saturday at 5.25.